This is an ABC podcast. You would hear your friends like, or you're at a club or something and you hear them say like, oh, you couldn't get it up. And then everyone hears about it and they're like, oh, did you hear you couldn't get it up? And then, then that starts to make you feel, you sort of hold on to that. We've all been there. You're either with someone getting hot and heavy. Or you are the person. Or you are the person. And when crunch time comes, the penis, the dick can't get hard. Yeah. Or maybe you've been having a great time, getting really into it, and then suddenly it's gone. We really, really want to talk about this for this episode because we know that most, like I said, most people have experienced this or been with someone who has. And it's not talked about, is it, Pip? No one no. talks about it. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of embarrassment around it. And for what? For no reason, to be completely honest with you. And we're going to break down some of that stigma today and let you know that it's okay and that you're not alone. That's like the main big thing that I think we want to get out of this is that everyone goes through this at one point in their life and hopefully this episode is going to equip you on how to deal, how to manage. Yeah, we're going to mainly focus on performance anxiety, so that stress and anxiety that you feel that might impact your erection. Uh, so we'll hear your stories. We're going to get some tips and techniques from an expert, our fave friend of the show, men's sex coach, Cam Fraser. And if you're thinking this doesn't apply to you because you don't own a penis, you don't have one, just listen up. I feel like it can be really helpful if you're working with that, if you're a partner of somebody. Yeah, we're going to give you the advice on how to help someone through that and make them feel a bit more at ease. Also, if you clicked on this episode because you saw the term erectile dysfunction in the title, well, there's a lot of reasons why you could be dealing with erectile dysfunction and some of them might be medical, might be physical. So we definitely recommend going and chatting to a GP to see if there's any reasons why it might be happening for you. But if you're all good physically, then it might be something psychologically. And that's what this whole episode is about. We are going to mainly be focusing on that stress and anxiety to perform. Obviously, Pip and I are two women, so we can only really talk about our experience of sleeping with people with penises. And for me and Pip, like this has happened a lot. It's happened with the past couple of people I've slept with. Yeah, we wanted to kind of throw it out there and see what we would get back. So as we do, we put it up on our Instagram to see what the response would be. And it was pretty overwhelming, Deep. A lot of people with penises coming back, um, gay, straight, uh, non-binary people as well, talking about how they have struggled to maintain an erection and how just nerve-wracking it gets when you're worried about it and you're thinking about it and you're ticking it over in your head. So we found out that 73% of you said that you've dealt with erectile difficulties um, and that's all because of performance anxiety. And there are so many reasons as to why someone might feel anxious in the bedroom. I've definitely experienced ED in the past, particularly when I've been feeling some anxiety around the person I'm having sex with. Um, usually that would have been if I was worried that I wasn't that into them and they were perhaps more into me and then I would feel guilty for that and that would affect my um, performance. Um, I've also experienced ED uh, just in the awkwardness of trying to put on uh, a condom and just having trouble. Uh, I have quite a lot of anxiety in general and to get rid of that, um, you know, you have a few drinks and then that makes it more difficult in general and it doesn't help the situation at all. I experienced ED with my first partner. Uh, being a first relationship it was quite stressful and it took a bit of soul searching and a little bit of casual dating, casual sex to sort of build my confidence back up. 
Uh, back in January, my girlfriend had moved into state. I was down visiting her. I also had a job interview and assessment day with this company that I really was looking forward to working with. It was almost like a, a dream job. And I put a fair bit of pressure on myself. Um, my girlfriend and I were getting intimate and I struggled to uh, get an erection. Uh, and then I kind of had to force myself to relax and it, it came, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't a full one. And then halfway through us getting intimate, I lost it and I felt embarrassed, humiliated. I felt inadequate. I, yeah, I just, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on guys in that department to, to perform. That pressure that you're feeling, this was one of the biggest takeaways from D and I when we put this out there. You're really struggling with the performance anxiety aspect. So we are going to explore that a lot more in just a second. Yeah, but we wanted to explore the science behind it first. What's actually going on in the brain and the body when we get an erection or maybe when we can't get one? You need blood down there. So if you're not getting hard, where's the blood actually going? Well, men's sex coach Cam Fraser is here to explain. So the sympathetic nervous system is uh, your fight or flight response. And what happens is when you're in that fight or flight response, that stressed out response, that blood flow that would be required to go to the penis isn't directed towards the penis. It's directed towards the other parts of your body, which are required for you to fight or flight. And so in order to get that erection in the first place, you need to be really engaging your parasympathetic nervous system, which essentially just means you need to be relaxed. You need to be calm. You need to be in a state of arousal to allow that blood flow into that erogenous zone of the body. So someone who was in our DMs was Tom and he struggled with anxiety and getting hard in the bedroom a lot. And he's had plenty of moments where he's totally spiraled. There's times when you're thinking like, what's wrong with me? Is this like, do I have a problem? Like, should I be, you know, getting medication for this? You think like, am I the only one this happens to? Yeah, that's what we heard in our DMs, that so many of you felt like this was something that you were dealing with alone and that no one else really experiences. But like we said with our stats, there was 73% of you that said that you've experienced this. And when you don't talk about it openly with your friends or online, or whatever, it kind of adds to that societal idea of men, you know, Mm. that classic patriarchal toxic masculinity thing where guys are just meant to be really strong and not talk about their feelings or act like everything's like hard and like (laughs) they could just fuck and everything's all good all the time. Oh, totally. They're like blood pumping champions, rock hard cock 24-7. We are animals. No thoughts. Only fuck. Which is obviously not true. There's a conflation of like their masculinity with their virility, you know, their their sexual prowess or their sexual performance. There's a lot of expectations that, you know, I, I work specifically with, you know, cis men, so that men place on themselves with regards to like how they show up as sexual men in the bedroom. There's this kind of expectation that they need to be assertive, dominant, knowledgeable, get an erection straight away be the person who can, you know, pump and thrust all night long uh, and be able to give as many orgasms as possible. But the, the shame comes from like this sense of, of I'm not enough or I'm not a man or I'm, I'm, less, I'm less than. And so like I said, there's a lot of ego and self-worth wrapped up in uh, sexual performance. And then you know, there's something to be said for the proliferation of 
pornography and a lot of young people watching porn, the expectations that they're integrating and internalizing from what they see on screen. They think they have to live up to this, the performance of what they see on, you know, their, their favorite porn film. Totally. I feel like porn plays such a huge part and that's something you told us as well. But yeah, this feeling of shame and embarrassment is a huge reason why you might not be able to get it up. It can create this domino effect where you're not able to pull yourself out of that headspace. Unfortunately, that shame perpetuates the issues, right? The shame from one experience that you have of erection difficulties then feeds into the story of like, oh, I better get an erection this time. Oh, I really need this erection. If I don't, then it's going to be bad again. It's going to be this negative experience again. Like I've explained, that story is putting yourself into an anxious response, into a fight or flight response with sympathetic nervous system, which is only going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. And you're probably going to struggle to get an erection. That's just going to reinforce that shame. And it becomes this really vicious downward spiral. So it's really important to like interject at wherever you can in that spiral of like, you know, having a bad experience, feeling that shame, and then perpetuating that shame with those stories of anxiety going into the next experience, which then will lead to another negative experience and so on and so forth. So yeah, unfortunately, it's a it's a pretty vicious downward spiral. All right. So if you're listening right now, and this is something you totally relate to, you want some help. This is something that you've experienced maybe a couple of times, a lot. Let's get into the ways of how to deal with your performance anxiety or that stress that's leading to your erectile difficulties. Cam says, well, first, it's going to take some mental work before you even get into the bedroom. One of the ways of working through that, firstly, is to manage expectations. It shouldn't really be expected that a penis gets hard at the drop of a hat or at the changing of a wind. Maybe that might have been the case when you were a teen. And you kind of got those erections that come from hormonal spikes of testosterone, for example. But that idea that erections should just happen straight away. One of my pet peeves with pornography is that you never see flaccid penises in porn. You only see erect penises. And so there's this idea that like a flaccid penis, there's this fear around it. Like, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know like why it's there and that you expect to get an erection straight away. But that's not necessarily the case, right? There there needs to be some warming up. There needs to be some foreplay. Uh, There needs to be some emotional stimulation, some mental stimulation, like some things that need to be in place uh, and need to be acknowledged if you're a guy um, and maybe you haven't acknowledged those things before in order to get to the point where you're able to be relaxed and you're able to be aroused enough, like fully aroused mentally and, and physically to the point where you are able to get an erection. We also just have to talk about moving the attention away from the peen to literally anywhere else. One of the ways of navigating that for that person is to go, oh, well, maybe it isn't such a big deal if I don't get an erection. Maybe I can focus on using my hands or maybe I can focus on using my tongue or my mouth or other parts of my body or toys or maybe we can, you know, when we can do something that isn't genital oriented, that isn't revolving around my penis, right? Because wrapped up in this whole conversation is this acknowledgement that sex is dependent upon what the penis does or doesn't do, right? For a lot of people, if there's no erection involved, that means sex is off the table, but that doesn't have to be the case, right? Because we know sex isn't just penis in vagina. It is whatever sexual activity you want to engage in with yourself or with another person. So this fear of like, oh, sex is going to be a failure if I don't have penetration is something that needs to be worked through. And one of the ways of doing that, just like exploring pleasure with your partner in ways that don't involve your erect penis. That's like a very simple physiological thing to do both alone and with your partner, which 
focuses on pleasure, which keeps things positive, it keeps the momentum going. And typically when you do that, when you start focusing on pleasure and kind of building that arousal and relaxing into it, you might find that if it is a psychological thing that's inhibiting your erections, you typically will relax into it. You spend a bit of time with your partner, the nerves maybe have gone down a bit, feeling a bit more comfortable, confident, the pleasure's flying. And the arousal is up to the point where you do get an erection. I mean, seriously, I won't say no to the focus <laughs> moving back onto me. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Like, have we all forgotten that foreplay is a thing or making out with someone at least? Just pash me for about half an hour. I know. There's so much stuff you could do to have fun without penetration. Anyway, we could go on and we will go on. Yeah, we will. On. Trust me. There's a whole partner section of this pod. You wait. <laughs> But yeah, back to um Tom, who we met before, D. Yeah. Um, he says that actually taking a break by stopping completely is super helpful for him as well. Typically, like the best thing I think is just like taking a breather, like stopping completely, just stopping the whole situation completely. Like obviously still making out or whatever, but just having a break, like maybe 15 minutes or to an hour or like have some food or chill out or something like that and then come back to it. And I feel like that, just makes the situation better because it sort of brings a calm to it and it just takes that pressure away and that's like when I'm in that situation it's happened before where it wasn't happening we had a break for maybe like half an hour we just chit-chatted away picked it back up and then it happened as a meditation girly mm-hmm. I'm so for this next tip from Tom he says that he does some deep breathing oh yeah Breath is such a huge thing. You know, I do a lot of mindfulness and meditation personally, and I think that that definitely helps because, you know, when we're anxious, that helps us calm down. So just having like just some deep breathing, sort of, I know you're obviously in the middle of a situation that's going on. So like you got to try, you're trying to not make it super obvious. Um, But I think like um, some deep, like just like deep breathing, trying to take that attention away from the mind, which is going elsewhere and trying to be more present in the moment. Um, it's not saying that that's a solution it hasn't always worked but there has been times where I've noticed that it's that the anxiety feelings or thoughts are coming on and I'm like okay it's coming like let's try and control this as someone who's not a yoga person and has never tried breathing through a tough situation we actually asked Cam because yeah I have no idea how to do this and he had some great expert advice on how to deep breathe So in order to engage the parasympathetic nervous system, we want to breathe slowly and deeply. And by that, I mean, not not breathing powerfully into the chest. I mean, breathing like down into the belly. So if you've ever done a yoga class or if you've ever done meditation, you're probably familiar with that type of breathing, but it's known as diaphragmatic breathing. So you take a big breath in through the nose. And as you breathe in, your shoulders stay level, but your belly and your ribs expand like a balloon. And then as you exhale, maybe through the mouth, the again, the shoulders stay level, but the belly and the ribs draw back in towards the spine. So it's this like breathing down into your balls, breathing down into your pelvis, breathing down into the lower part of your abdomen so that you're getting that deep, full breath. Should we give it a go? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, I wasn't ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. Wait. Okay. Three, two, one. Wait, should I have done a... You went like that. Yeah, you went out of the mouth. I did, but I went... No, you're gonna, I don't know. It still felt good. I do the yoga breath. I actually feel really <laughs> good after that. I know. How much does it just de-stress you? Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> like we were saying earlier, this app isn't just for peen owners. Mm-mm. It's for anyone working with a dick. 
okay, maybe lesbians might not need to be here, but... But maybe they want to help out a friend. Yeah. Or a brother. Yeah. So please. Would you talk about it with your brother? <laughs> would you not? No, I'm kidding. Uh, I would I'm talk kidding. about it with a friend. I would definitely talk about it with a friend. Yeah. So everyone is welcome to listen to this episode. Don't go away. Don't go away, please. <laughs> but look, if you're having sex with someone who has a penis... You as a partner can definitely help out and put them at ease if they're struggling to get it up. And this is something Tom spoke to us about, you know, the negative reaction of partners. You feel quite insecure in yourself. You like think about like, what do they think about me? That person, like, especially if it's someone you're getting invested in, they're not going to like me anymore. They're going to stop wanting to talk to me. Like it really, those are the thoughts that start to go through your head. Like you really think that they're going to sort of pull the pin and be like, nah, like sexually there's nothing there. Because I know I've heard... Some of my friends who are girls say that about guys. They're like, oh, this happened. And now I don't think they're attracted to me. So I'm going to stop investing. And then I'm like thinking, oh, this might happen to me. I mean, I've definitely had moments where I've been a bit like, oh, my God, is this what's going on? Is this me? Should I be worried? You know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially if you are just starting to have sex as well. And it's just an anxious time for everybody. And you might be like projecting some insecurities on somebody else. But, you know, Cam says that you really need to rethink your idea of sex, specifically as well the dick, and realize that it's just not about you. A couple of things to acknowledge before you get into the moment, I suppose, is like so phallocentrism, right? So not thinking that sex can or can't happen because he does or doesn't have an erection. It's like just broadening your perception of sex for it to be not so penis centric. That's like one thing to like, challenge yourself if, if that is your belief system like that can be a really um, that can perpetuate those in the moment things where you say or do the wrong thing right the quote-unquote wrong thing that can that can contribute to more um, erection difficulties another thing would be to you know remember that if he doesn't have an erection that doesn't necessarily mean that he isn't turned on so just being mindful of arousal and concordance a lot of women that i've spoken to that have sex with men say to me that they feel like if their partner doesn't have an erection means that he's not attracted to her and that is not the case i mean it possibly could be the case in some instances but for the vast majority of the time that isn't the case um he's actually very turned on he's really wanting to be sexual with you but because he cares a lot because he wants to do a good job because he's worried about performing and if he doesn't perform he thinks you'll be disappointed that is getting in his way of getting the erection in the first place so it's typically because he does have arousal and that he is interested in being sexual with you and that he does want to be you know in that space with you that he's getting difficulty getting an erection in the first place okay so hopefully hearing that is a bit of a wake-up call for you if you're the kind of person that takes things personally or gets a little bit defensive like guilty. why are you looking at me hey i just put my hand up and said guilty <laughs> no 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 i feel like that's the biggest <laughs> takeaway i am getting from chatting about this is the fact that it's because they really care. And I'm like, that's actually like, of course, making it about yourself again, but that's actually so nice to hear. Yeah. Just something that Tom told us was the fact that you, they, that he gets really nervous because it's an important moment for him and this person. And that's why he's feeling stressed and anxious. If I've been building a connection with somebody and I like them and I'm getting stressed and I'm like, I want to impress them, you know, <laughs> like, you want to, you want to do like really well. And then it comes to that time and you keep thinking about it and then it just doesn't happen. You sort of beat yourself up a lot about it too. And even after, like, it's something you think about for days. And then sometimes you try again a few days later and it still will happen again because like, it's like, it takes a little bit to really get comfortable, I guess, in that situation. 
sorry, but this is exactly what we're talking about at the start of the episode, Pip, about these stereotypes and ideas about men, straight men. Mm. It's like, hello, listen to Tom. He's literally pouring his heart out, being like, I want to give you the best experience. I have feelings for you. And that's why he's getting in his head, can't get it up. And it just shows how much he loves you. Whatever you're feeling, they're probably feeling the exact same thing. Yeah, 100%. Now, to backtrack a little bit, Dee, we were talking before about doing a bit of a pivot when you're having this moment you can't get hard and you focus on foreplay, kissing, whatever else. This is what partners should do as well. But also you should affirm that you're keen and that you want to try different things. Firstly, don't make it a big deal. I say this to my male clients and I say it to women who have sex with men. It's like, if you can pivot, right? Something I said before, if you're able to like, just go, hey, no problem. I'm still here. I still want to be sexual. I'm not going anywhere. I still want to experience pleasure. There are so many other ways we can do that. Like, hey, do you want to try this instead? And keeping that momentum going, keeping that pleasure focused, keeping it positive and keeping it in the body as well. So rather than trying to talk through it, which you know could be helpful outside of the bedroom, but if you're like in a sexual context, keeping that that momentum of pleasure and touch and physicality going can be really helpful to be like, oh, for the guy or for the person who's you know struggling with that direction to be like, oh, she's still here. They still want to be with me. You know, I'm still experiencing pleasure. It's still fun, still enjoyable. They're not going anywhere. This doesn't ruin the experience. Awesome, right? It's, re- it's relaxing. It's reassuring. And you don't have to coddle by any means, but it's just like, hey, it's not a big deal. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, let's keep on going. I've, I've got other things that I enjoy too. Let's do that. It can be as simple as, as kind of framing it that way. Another thing I found really helpful from Tom was that he told us that from his experience, there's something that he reckons you should not do as a partner. What doesn't help is continuing to try <laughs> to do something. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's just keep doing this and like playing with it or something <laughs> like, you know, let's play with it or try ahead or something like that. It's like, that's uh, like, that's putting more pressure, I think. So typically when then when something like that is happening, like I'm not like the girl goes down on you or like, or they go down on you or start playing or whatever play I think it just puts more pressure in the situation because in my mind I'm like okay now I'm like they're putting more effort in I need to put more effort in to try and get this to happen which there's not really much you can do I personally and maybe you listening (laughs) I feel like we've just had that panicked thought right like of just oh my god maybe I need to do something here maybe if I touch it maybe if I go down on them Mm. and give it more attention then I can make them hard yeah but it actually makes so much sense to like ease up give them a little bit of space and let them just like focus on you let them go down on you like have that horny moment between each other and just all eyes on me moment you know (laughs) become the star of the show absolutely okay side note we're making it all about us (laughs) once again all eyes on me um but you know you could make it a bit more about your flaccid penis now this is something that cam brought up with us and we were both like, I've never heard of this before. And he calls it flaccid cock play. Yeah, soft cock play. Yeah. But he, it's basically he's saying just normalize seeing a soft cock, which we never do. Yeah, you never see it in porn. You never see it. Like, my partner won't even let me see his. Like, I've never seen it, I swear. Every time I go and have sex with someone, it's like covers, under the covers. Yeah, like don't, don't look, look at, at it, it until, until it's, it's hard. hard. Which is like, why not? Let me look. I want to see it. I want to play with it. And look, I think we do need to like talk about this and be 
you know. I think this is a whole episode in itself. Yeah, I mean, it could definitely be. But this lends itself to, like, the normalise not having a hard cock, like, 100% of the time. Like, you don't have to be, like, yeah, as Kim said earlier, like, yeah, ready to go thrusting all night kind of situation. Spend time with your flaccid cock. You know, and especially if you're if you're a person who plays with penises, right? Like spend time with your partner's flaccid penis as well, right? Because there's pleasure to be had from it, not only for you as the person playing with it, but as the person who has the penis. Like there's you can still get pleasure from a flaccid penis. It has the same amount of nerve endings as an erect penis does. So there's the same amount of pleasure that's available to you, but we don't do that. Anyway, so let's say that it's happened a few times now. It's not just first experience, second experience. It's something that's been happening quite a bit with you and this person. So you want to talk to them about it. Mm. We've had a lot of physical examples of stuff you can do in the moment, but there has to be a conversation at some point. When do you actually bring it up and what do you say? Because I feel like that's going to be really, really hard and difficult. Well, luckily we have cam with us have a conversation debrief after sex is a great time to have a conversation is like what did you enjoy what you know what turned you on what do you want to try next time what could you take or leave hey i noticed you you know you were struggling a little bit with your erection just then like is there anything else that you know is going on for you you know is there and and that might be an opportunity for him to speak into maybe he's a bit nervous maybe he does have some of that anxiety and might be an opportunity to ask whether it's an ongoing thing whether it's something he only experiences during certain times or you know, just get a bit more context because that can be really helpful. Uh, so, for example, a lot of a lot of instances, guys in new relationships experience erection issues because there is a lot of nerves and they do want to make a good impression and they do want to perform, right? And, and they're wrapped up in this idea of if I don't perform, then I won't make a good impression. This new person's going to leave me. We're going to, you know, it's, not, it's going to be a failure before it even gets started. And then guys in longer relationships might feel a different type of anxiety, which is like, oh, we've been together for so long. Maybe I'm boring to my partner. Maybe I'm not doing it for them. And and again, both of those are related to lack of communication, right? There's a lack of like talking about these things and having conversations. We say it all the time here on The Hookup, communication, communication, communication. Is key. It's key. It's, you're only going to become closer to your partner being vulnerable, having these hard conversations. Um, And they don't necessarily have to happen after sex, like Cam was saying. Um, He also suggested that, you know, doing it in like a physical sense, like going for a walk or if you're at the beach, like just not necessarily sitting down at a table face-to-face being like, okay, let's talk about (laughs) it. (laughs) God, no. No. The eye contact, I'd be like, absolutely not. Um, But also, how do you even bring it up, right? Like you did say... And what should you say? Yeah, if like, you if you need you a say? play by play of what to say, Cam has got you. Yeah, you know, the idea is going into the conversation, and be like, "Hey, I enjoy having sex with you. I I love experiencing pleasure with you. I want to do more of that." There's this thing that is getting in the way of that for the two of us. It's not destroying the relationship by any means, but let's let's have a chat about it. I want to work through this with you, and so that's like you know keeping it pleasure oriented, keeping it you know positive with frames. If you've done everything that we've spoken about in this episode already, Cam says it might be time to get some professional help. If you're listening to this and you're doing like the, you're unpacking your expectations and you're working on your breathing, you're doing these things and you're still experiencing erection difficulties and it's, and it's over a longer period of time, you know, we, we kind of differentiate between chronic and acute. 
If it's just like acute periods, then it may be something to do with specific circumstances. That could be cause for going and speaking to someone about it and getting some professional help. But if it's definitely chronic, if it's over a long period of time um, and it's been like that for a while, I would highly recommend going and speaking to someone about this. So you can speak to a sex therapist. You might see someone like myself, which is a coach. Um, I'll give you a bunch of really practical things to do. If it's like an underlying medical concern, then maybe, uh, so for example, if you've got diabetes, for example, then possibly you will need to take uh, a PDE5 inhibitor. Like, you know, I'm not going to mention any brand names, but uh, you know, an erectile dysfunction medication might be necessary if you do have an underlying medical issue. Um, I'm not a big fan of pharmaceuticals, but that might be uh, something that you that you implement into your holistic approach to working through the erection issues. Um, unfortunately, and again, this is a much different conversation, there is a pushing of pharmaceutical interventions for erection issues that I'm not a big fan of. Um, and people seem to be going to that pill for you know, the little blue pill as their first port of call for dealing with their erection difficulties. And I don't think that's doing us a service. Um, so my suggestion would be like maybe make that your last resort and work on some other things before that. Yeah, obviously we're the ABC, so we're going to say what that little pill is called. But mm. a lot of you did message us saying that that's kind of what you use straight away. As soon as it happens, you're like ready to go, have one in your pocket. I feel like from guys I've spoken to, it's almost like not a party trick, but it's something exciting. Like they want to try it. Mm. Obviously, you don't want to be in a position where you need to use it every time. It's probably better to work on yourself like psychologically. Well, yeah, like Cam said, he's just not, he's the expert and he is not a fan of it whatsoever. So yeah, yeah definitely keep that in mind. Uh, and before we end this episode, another thing that Cam said, it's probably best not to use the term erectile dysfunction unless you've been clinically diagnosed with it because it's obviously the term that we're using for this episode and the term that we use to describe, maybe we should change the whole title, <laughs> but like <laughs> it's the term that we use to describe when you can't get hard or you can't get it up. It's like all erectile dysfunction issues. But in, that in itself is basically saying that you're not working, you're broken, dysfunctioning. Mm. And he recommends saying things like erectile difficulties mm. or erectile disappointment. It'll just add to that shame and embarrassment that you feel in that spiral that sometimes happens in the moment. Yeah, so all the better to just like hopefully use the lessons that we've given you here. And then if it's still going on, go get some more professional help. Because you know what we like to do? We like to change cultural conversations. We like to break down stigmas, make sure that you feel comfortable in your sex life and you don't feel any of that embarrassment and shame. And Cam says that's that's really important that we have these conversations, but also that you have them as well. Having conversations like this is one step. Um, there's something to be said for like men getting together and talking about these things with each other. I'm like the token person in my friend group that always brings up sexuality related conversations but if you're listening to this like I suggest bringing that conversation up with your mates right and maybe it's over a beer or maybe it's in the park over a picnic whatever it is that you and your mates do together like have the balls to to bring up the conversation of like sex and pleasure and performance anxiety and things like that because you'll be surprised by how many guys go oh thank god someone's talking about this I've, I've been wanting to talk about it and I have just felt like too vulnerable or insecure to bring it up All right, Pete, what was your biggest takeaway from this episode? I have to say Tom gave some like anecdotal and really helpful advice. He was full of tips, but he also just like made me understand how hard it is for guys when you have this pressure and this anxiety. And um, 
I think we don't give you enough credit for like the stuff that's going on in your head in those moments. And we start to panic as well, but we all just need to be calm in this situation. Maybe talk it out later, but just try and enjoy sex for what it is and not worry about getting hard or not. Totally. And my biggest thing I think was Cam talking about the fact that sex isn't just penetration. If you're, you know, a person with a penis and vulva, it's like it's so many different other things and that's important to focus on too and to take away that pressure and just enjoy it. You can still really have an enjoyable time together. 100%. It's about the journey, not the destination. Uh, I think that's the cue for us to piss off. Okay. Thank you so much for <laughs> listening. Um, make sure you do get in touch with us at Triple J, the hookup. You can DM us anytime with anything that you're going through, something that you're interested in or a guest you really want to hear us talk to. The email is. <laughs> the hookup at abc.net.au. Yeah, and email us anytime with everything that we just said. Okay, bye.